Hey everyone, it's Pilla here and you're listening to the No Approval Podcast. So the other week I had headed down to the podcast show. It was the second year. I'd actually gone last year as well, but it just wasn't a good experience. It was work-wise. I was producing a live show and that was fun, always is. But I was actually in crutches because I don't know who I thought I was. I had tried to pick up tennis and this is not a game like, it's not a sport I'm that familiar with, to be honest. And um, we're playing. Obviously, I was missing all my shots and I tried to get one, tried to jump, fell. What happened next just kind of like ruined last summer for me. But I ended up in crutches. So I was at the podcast show last year in crutches and I was just like not able to go anywhere. I literally only went to the necessary places that I had to go. So this year I was so excited to go and have like the full experience. I went to a bunch of different talks. There was a really good one on investigating storytelling. There was one also about how people are using AI in their podcasts. I need to up my game on that one. And it's always good fun to just see the friends you've made since podcasting, people that I've had the chance to work with. And I actually got invited down by Audio Technica. So I stopped by their booth. And it's crazy to me that since starting this podcast last year, not only do people listen, but they're helping me along the way. So they kindly gifted me with some headphones that I'm using right now, the M50X. And I got a new microphone. I haven't tested that out just yet, but we are coming up in the world, baby. So It's good times, exciting times, and actually nice to meet people that listen to the podcast in person. So that is always fun. But I say all of that to say that um, I met this girl there. She's like a producer as well. And she was like, oh, are you coming to such and such event? And I was like, no, girl, like I'm in my 30s. I don't think that event is for people in their 30s. And it really just opened up a whole discussion on like age and the parameters we put on age, the places you think you can go because you're a certain age or you're not a certain age. And I was like, when did this even happen to me? So if I take it back, like growing up, I have always been one of those people that was excited about birthdays, especially like the big milestone ones. So like 16, I had all my girls, I went to an all girls school, so I had all my girls from school over. There was about 16 of us in my mum's like small little house. And then obviously my 18th was a big one. Can't remember what I did. 21st, again, can't remember. But my 25th, I remember stressing my mom out. I had gone to like a club night with my friends and I had found this dress in Topshop. I don't think it was meant to be a dress. I think it was meant to be like nightwear. So it was like this gold see-through dress. And she was so stressed out. She was just like, are you walking out of your house like this naked? I was like, it's not naked. I've got clothes on me. You know, my mom is always here for modesty and all that good stuff. She was so embarrassed of me that day. And I was really just trying to live my best life, you know. Um, And then after 25, 30, oh, I think like growing up, I was always looking forward to turning 30. That was the big milestone. And I had like this dance party. So I hired like a choreographer in a dance studio, And me and my friends, we bought our trainers, we bought our heels and she taught us a couple of different routines. I had like different cheese boards and meat platters and it was just a whole vibe. I didn't really want to do like the night out. I think that was the age I started 
outgrowing night outs for my birthdays. And since then, I've been like, let me get out this country every birthday. So I do not have to stress about what am I doing and who I'm inviting. That's the one thing that I hate doing. So after 30, I had just stopped celebrating birthdays with my friends. And I now just like stick to celebrating it with my family and going away if we can. I just find that the easiest thing to do because like thinking of an invite list literally gives me anxiety. So I just avoid those things as much as possible. And what's interesting as well is like after 30 and looking forward to it so much, something just kind of like switched in my head when it came up to my 31st birthday because it was like, rah, I'm actually like a grown up now. And I remember waking up one morning and I was like looking at myself in the mirror, like proper examining my face. And out of nowhere, I was like, hold on, like what are these wrinkles under my eyes they weren't wrinkles you know like the fine lines right and uh I was like damn am I aging like am I getting old and I promise you like this kind of thought process had never entered my mind ever before and in that moment I had just become obsessed like oh my gosh I've got wrinkles under my eyes if I squint, there's a line here. And I was saying to myself, was this there before? Like, I wasn't really sure. So what I did is I got my phone out and I went back through all of my pictures and just like zoom in to my eyes to see if these lines or what I thought were wrinkles had been there. It was quite um, obsessive, scary behavior, if I'm being really honest. And once I'd hit the end of my pictures, on my phone I then went onto my Facebook because obviously Facebook goes a bit further back so I went onto my Facebook found the pictures I could then I went and found like the pictures that my mum had of me when I was younger and lo and behold listen these lines I'm talking about that I thought were wrinkles under my eyes first of all they're like little fine lines and second of all I had had these since I had been taking pictures when I was a young person you know like when you are just born that way that's how I was born and I don't know what it was that had entered my mind to start thinking about, shit, I'm getting old. And I had never been somebody that was really into skincare. Yeah, I would buy the products. I would do a thing or two here and there, but I never had like a proper routine. I went online and I bought all the anti-wrinkle stuff that you could think of. I went to the forums. I was on YouTube. I was watching everything to figure out... <laughs> How can I stop my skin from getting wrinkles? And it's crazy because like, if I look at my mom, she ain't got no wrinkles. So I know that this thought process was definitely influenced by outside sources. Which sources those are, I don't know. But when I think about it now, it's like really sad that I had robbed myself of the opportunity to enjoy turning 31 because I hit this milestone and now I'm on the other side of it. I was like, oh my gosh, my life is over. It's almost like I had a form of aging dysmorphia and my friends thought I was losing the plot. <laughs> and the good thing about my friends is they will check you in that moment. Like, are you crazy? Why are you saying that? Where's this coming from? So I'm glad I'm on the other side of that. And the interaction at the podcast show, one, made me realise 
how far I've come since that moment I was having when I turned 31 Two, how proud I am to be telling people I'm in my 30s. But three, just because something isn't for me, I should lead with that rather than leading with my age. Like I still maybe need to work on those rather than leading with my age. There is no limitations and boundaries to what you go to, where you go to. And I see this a lot with people saying like, oh, why is that person there? Aren't they too old or aren't they over 30? Um, shouldn't they be at home with the OAPs or whatever? And wow, can't believe that I was putting those limitations on myself. So there's a bit of reflection for you on age. I'm currently in a space where I just feel so liberated. Like I'm finally really enjoying my 30s. I'm excited about what the future has for me. My current thing is that like, I'm just focused on enjoying myself. Like that is my current ministry. If I'm enjoying myself, I'm happy and I'm just embracing everything that a new age brings to my life. Over the past year on this podcast, I have had the privilege to have conversations with a wide range of people, especially women who are living life on their own terms. And now you have some context on why sometimes I do like to bring kind of the age conversation because I know that if I've ever had those thoughts, other people have. And it's always great to hear from people who reject societal pressures and just living their best life. Like even in my personal life, I have an amazing community of older women that I sit and talk to. I love to hear their stories. I love to hear their wisdom. They make the 40s look lit, 50s look lit, 60s look lit. Like my own mum, she started her first business at 50. So in my own household, I am told that age is not a limit and it's not a factor. And I hope to bring more of those conversations onto the podcast. So I just want to leave you with some highlights from these conversations I've had. And let's hear what they've had to say about hitting the big 3-0 and life after it. Let's get to it. So on this podcast, I have been doing like a home ownership series. And in your book, something that really stuck out to me is that you said that actually your goal isn't really home ownership. You were saving money into a fund where you could like travel the world. And I wanted to know, like, since you wrote that, is that still the case or has it changed? It's absolutely still the case. I don't have any aspiration or is it happening soon that I'll be buying a house? I think it's really interesting. So I've noticed this talking to friends who are from LA or Copenhagen. There is such a pressure in the UK to become a homeowner. Definitely. And because I think, you know, I'm of the mindset of I've only ever rented. That's all I've ever known. So if I just have to keep renting, that's fine. I don't want to give up elements of my life to start saving and pull back and not get to do the fun stuff I do right now and it's the hardest economy we've ever experienced like I heard somebody say like the average age of flat sharing at the moment is 35 like wow. that makes total sense so yeah it's not just the it's not just the buying the house it's the getting married it's the having kids it's the pressure of everything to do things by the age you're of being 30 or you know I have a thing that I post on socials quite regularly, which is stop using your age as a deadline because it's just... Oh my god! It's a trap. 
It's a trap. And I turned 30 like two weeks ago. And there's no part of me. I didn't have that fear. I didn't have that doubt. Of course, I've grown a really successful business. And I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to do some of the things I've had in such a short space of time. But, you know, on paper, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have a deposit for a house. I don't have loads of savings. You know, all of those things that we have become accustomed to measuring our success on, I just have never held myself accountable in that way. And I don't get frustrated or jealous or worried that everybody else is doing that because it's just not where I feel I need to spend my energy. And I'm sure things may change, but I think for anyone listening, just please don't use your age as a deadline. We're all on completely different journeys. There are things that can happen in life that can change things. So you just live the life you want to live without the pressures of other people telling you when you need to live it by would be my advice. I do actually definitely think there needs to be more like discourse around that because people are obsessed with home ownership and I love exploring it, but we don't really hear much of the people like, actually, I'm not interested in it. And the 30 thing, I think that's come from Twitter. I hate it, especially during Love Island because it's like a 28 year old went on Love Island. Oh, she's an OAP. She's old. I'm just like, get out of here. Like you're prime. You ain't even hit your prime yet. The prime is coming. Okay. Do you know what that reminds me of as well? You know, the memes that go around about X Factor. It's like, do you remember when that used to be the over 25 or over 35? And you'd be like, oh, that's well old. It's, like, it's so not at all. Like, it's so funny. And like, when you're like, you know, when you're young, you used to be like, oh, by 30, I'll have everything, all my shit together. It's like, no, it's not the way it works. But I agree. I, I, I isn't like that. Media has a huge influence on how we, I mean, there is a friend of mine before my birthday, I, I did a post on LinkedIn and, and Instagram about this, sent me a thing of 30 things to do before you're 30, like a bucket list. I was like, why? Why, have <laughs> I, why do I need to do that before I'm 30? Nothing is going to change between that and next week. Like, And she was sending it to me as a joke, but I was like, why is the media still producing that sort of information? Like you're making people feel like they have a shelf life when, and I said about this in the book, like Samuel L. Jackson didn't feel like star Mm. in a good film till he was like 40. Vera Wang didn't start designing dresses till till she was 40. Like so many, we've got like at least another 40 years to work, live, do the things we want to do. So why are we trying to do it in the first nine to 10 years of our career? It's like mind boggling for me. So yeah, I I think the media has a huge input in that conversation. And I would love for somebody to tell us different, to be honest. I was listening recently to a podcast by Morgan, who is the founder of Blavity. And she announced that she was pregnant and she had a doula on her podcast as her, her guest. I didn't really know what a doula was, but I know that in America... They work alongside midwives. It's, a, it's an American thing, from my understanding. Or do we have them here? Um, we probably do, but, you know, I've never come across one. I've, well, I've just been in the hospitals and it's just midwives and doctors. But yeah, doulas are just like birthing partners. Yeah, and she described it as well as in like, a doula is a producer for your birth. I thought that's an interesting, wow. <laughs> an interesting terminology. But they were discussing like fertility rates, right? And she was saying that in America, obviously, in your 30s is when you become geriatric. I know that in the UK as well, women in their 30s, once women hit their 30s, we're told that your fertility rates drop all the way down. (laughs) But she was saying that um, she travelled to Costa Rica and there was a woman there who was 
in her 50s, she had a 30-year-old daughter and they were both pregnant at the same time. And then she asked the woman, like, are you worried or concerned? And the woman was like, no. And she was like, to the woman, like, how did you know you can still get pregnant at 50? She goes, we've never been told otherwise that actually that's a very Western thing that because of their lifestyle, the women get pregnant very healthily way into their 40s, way into their 50s. Is that the case here as well? Um, so, yes, that biological clock or that golden, or not golden age, but that like um, that age that everybody quotes is, you know, at 35, your fertility is just going to drop off of a, of a cliff. And no, there's not one age for everyone that your fertility is going to drop and it's all very gradual. So that 35 years old, that came from a very old, outdated study from like one French town. And then they stuck that 35. And then yes, since then it's been this like pressure on on um on 30 something year olds shoulders that, you know, my fertility is declining. But um everybody everybody's body is different. And some people, it's just that um, well, firstly, the best age for anybody to get pregnant, if you really wanted the most perfect pregnancy, would be 16. <laughs> so, you know, you know, that's that's when you're going to bounce back. That's when you're going to um, <laughs> snap back. So and that's just you got energy to run out of child. Exactly. That's not the life that we're living anymore. So I'd say, firstly, if anybody's worried about the fertility, well, you know, that boat has passed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, some people may and. I think that age of like all 30s uh, in terms of Western cultures has come in as well, because maybe that's the first time people are trying. Mm. And before then, they've always been on contraception. So you don't know what your fertility was like at 18 or 20 or something. So you're just seeing that, oh, I'm trying for a baby because this is when, so because I think the standard age of marriage now in the UK or, or for the first child is like 36. I heard that there was a midwife at the hairdresser. You know, they love to chat in the hairdresser. <laughs> and she was like the average age for first time mothers in her um, hospital that she works in has gone up to 36. I was like, what? I was just confused. I mean, it was great news for me and my friends because <laughs> we're now in our 30s. But it was really interesting to hear that. I think the African aunties need to um, <laughs> hear that. Definitely. So, um, yeah, so exactly. So people are getting getting pregnant at, at 36 because... And, you know, and having healthy pregnancies. And having healthy pregnancies. Yeah. So, um, so maybe it's just that now people are starting to try at 36 and they're like, oh my God, I'm having fertility issues. But then you, you never know how easily or not easily you would have gotten pregnant at 22, for example. If you weren't trying. If you weren't trying. Yeah. Um, Is there a way to test your fertility? Um, yeah. So so people who are going to go to maybe like freeze their eggs or something like that, then they um, see they ultrasound, see how many eggs they have anyways, because we're born with all of our eggs. And then since when we um, start our periods, then every month we're losing those Ah, so every month we have a period, we lose one of our eggs that could have potentially been a child for us. Um, yes, because there's so the shedding off. Because every time we ovulate and release yeah. an egg, and then that egg is not um is not um met by a sperm, then it dies, and then the hormones that it releases then cause it to be like, okay, cool, yeah, you can shed a, you can shed the uterus now. We don't need it this month. So you can't make any new eggs. 
no, you don't make new eggs. You're born with all your eggs. That's so interesting. Why don't they just do like standard tests? Like when people are younger and be like, you know, Dr. Jessica's born. <laughs> Obviously you wouldn't have been a doctor yet. Jessica's born. <laughs> Jessica has a hundred eggs. Because I just feel like then pressure is alleviated. No, because your fertility is not just based on how many eggs you have. Oh. Yeah, it's also the quality of the eggs. It's also the quality of the sperm because fertility is defined as the partnership and infertility issues and infertility is defined as um, or subfertility is defined as trying to um, conceive for 18 months I believe it is and not um, getting pregnant and then sometimes they're still like miracles even after that yeah 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 which is so interesting because sometimes I do wonder like no matter what you are told like medically really and truly no one fully understands the body like your body will actually do as it is or for me if like if you're a believer god would be like listen <laughs> this one's doing this and that's it it's gonna be beyond any man's understanding because yeah. i know a lot of women who have hormonal conditions pcos fibroids yeah. and a bunch of other hormonal imbalances that actually the minute that they are told they have that one of the first things that they're told is that you might have issues getting pregnant or you're infertile And I think that maybe there's some work that needs to be done within the medical profession to stop saying that. Mm -hmm. Because then what you find as well is there's so many stories of, yes, the case for some women, but there's so many stories of, oh, I wasn't using any protection because I was told I couldn't get pregnant. And here I am with five kids. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It's like, and especially now with the technology that we have in place, I feel like it's very dangerous to tell women that they can't have kids when you're diagnosing that unless you have fully done a full fertility test yeah that's what i think because then otherwise one it scares them two it adds pressure yeah and three like let's just see first of all let's like let's really look into it because i feel like it's just a lazy thing like yeah we know it's harder for those women but it doesn't mean that it's impossible because infertility also doesn't mean something is impossible it just means that it could be harder but obviously for some women it's not possible so they have to look at other options yeah and that's that's literally exactly why i changed myself from infertility to subfertility because Ah. then you know there's no absolutes because then if you know so subfertility is just okay it is harder for you than uh, compared to the average um person but again as you're saying there's no there's no 100% in medicine unfortunately and it's it's a good point that you've made there that we need to think of the balance between informing someone versus now scaring them mm. <laughs> I would love to hear like your experience with age-related milestones, getting older, and whether you've ever felt the pressures that come along with that. My DMs are open. We are on No Approval Podcast on Instagram. Also just set up a TikTok, The No Approval Podcast. So come find me and let's have a chat. See you next week. Bye.